Canadian saxophonist Grant Stewart came to New York City at the age of 19 and, like so many, fell for the energy of the city and never looked back. His newest CD features Grant with bass and drums, rather than a more predictable instrumentation with piano and guitar. Grant enjoys the freedom this combination allows, but evolved in this direction for more practical reasons that reflect what often motivates artistic choices. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I asked Grant Stewart about the challenges and advantages of playing in a trio without a chordal instrument. I've played so much trio just uh, because in, in New York City there's so many bars and clubs I mean, more bars. You do, you do a lot of playing in bars and a lot of, you know, sessions. And a lot of the time, the clubs or the bars don't have pianos, so you end up just playing trio or or they don't pay enough. You know, over the years, that's just been kind of how how it's uh, my trio playing has evolved out of uh, necessity, more or less. And, you know, living in a, in, a, in a place uptown where we don't have a piano in the room that we play in, so a lot of the time we just play uh, trio with my brother on drums and, and a bass player. So, uh, yeah, so I've played a lot in trio. And then there's a, a lot of my favorite recordings are, are uh, you know, there's a few of my favorite recordings are trio, saxophone trio recordings. Um, but With uh, what instrumentation? Not with, with just, your... No, with just bass and drums, saxophone, bass and drums. So there is a lot of recording with that. I'm just there's not, not familiar with that. There's not a lot. There's a couple of recordings. There's a couple of famous Sonny Rollins recordings. And Sonny right. was a big influence on me. Um, so I've always heard the sound, but you know, honestly, when you're playing with a, with a really good bass player, I mean, I, I don't miss chords. I mean, I'm basically outlining chords, you know, so it's in your head. Yeah. You, you know, with a good bass player, you're not, you're not missing much.
Every instrument should kind of be autonomous. You know, you should be able to, every, every player should be his own kind of rhythm section in a band. So when one drops out, you shouldn't really notice. Well, I love that you said that. I read that you said that. And that every instrument should be its own rhythm section because we've both played with lots of people that don't think that way. And I, as a rhythm player, notice it in particular mm -hmm. because I played so much early in my career, it was solo. Right. And then when I play with other people, I'd never really thought about it, to be honest. And then I play with a horn player who thinks like a rhythm player. Right. And I play with ones that don't, mm -hmm. that completely depended on me. Yeah, yeah. And it was just this loose sort of no time sure. time. Yeah, I heard a great, uh, I heard a Chet Baker quote I'd never heard the other day. It was, it takes a good drummer to be better than no drummer at all. <laughs> Which is true. I was playing the other night at Mesro uh, with uh, Tardo Hammer and Peter Washington. And, uh, and, you know, playing with great players, you don't miss it. Of course, it's great to have a great drummer, you know. I'm lucky to work with a lot of great drummers, you know, including my brother Phil, who's my favorite. But uh, yeah, it takes a it takes a good drummer to be better than no drummer at all. Is very true. guest Grant Stewart on Everything's Coming Up Roses from his CD Trio. I'm Judy Carmichael and this is Jazz Inspired. Do you think a lot of musicians just think they have to have a certain instrumentation? Well, I mean, it definitely fills up the sound. I mean, it is a bigger sound, but, uh, you know, feeling-wise, you don't miss it. Even, even without it, you know, there's that uh, great recording of uh, Prez and, and Nat Cole and, and Buddy Rich with no bass. You know, and you don't miss the bass at all. Thank you. 
I play that for a lot of young musicians, and they're all surprised. There's a great recording of uh, you know the duos with Don Baez and Slam Stewart, live. Uh, I got rhythm in Indiana. You know, you don't miss bass. You don't miss the the drums at all there. You know, it's but, a harmonic uh, thing. I would think for you too. Do you feel freer without a chordal instrument putting no, it down? I feel the same. The same, but That's it, it does. You know, it does. I, I do over the years. I, I it's it. I really notice more people's comping than I used to. Oh, now that's interesting. Tell me, expand on that. What do you mean? I, we're, we're totally excluding non-musicians in this conversation. No, now, but, but, <laughs> but this is interesting. Well, but because, the comping of the accompanying is yeah. what you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. with the piano or the guitar yeah. player. And so talk about that. How do yeah, you notice it? I, I mean, it's one of those things that I always, you know, it's one of those things that you, you, you don't notice it until it's bad. <laughs> you know, play with a, I play with a lot of great coppers, but I, I, I've realized that great coppers really inspire me to play play better. You know, a great comper. You know, I get to work a lot with, uh, you know, Chris or Joe Cohn, uh, Peter Bernstein, Tardo Hammer. Their comping really, uh, you know, inspires you. Kind of like on a on a sub subconscious level. I'm not I'm not listening to everything they're playing and like mimicking or whatever. But but you just it it. Uh, kind of seeps into your uh, subconscious there while you're playing. And I, I, I notice it more now than I used to. Why do you think that is? Because I'm getting old and crotchety. <laughs> so you're noticing the good and the bad. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, yeah, that's the downside. <laughs> and I'm noticing, it's interesting because you're making me think of this, I'm now noticing because singing is a relatively new thing for me, I'm noticing the horn players I play with who set me up harmonically. There's the other end of it. Sure. Because there's people who can harmonically lead you off a cliff, mm -hmm. no matter how great your, yeah, yeah, yeah. your intonation is, your ideas. And then there's ones who set you up. Yeah. And it's so no, it's a, it's a real easy. Art. They're delivering you to it. It yeah. is an art. It is an art. The art of accompaniment. You know, not many, not many people can do it, especially horn players. You know, there's great. Harry Allen is a great accompanist for singers. I've heard him do it many, many times, and he really has a, uh, has a knack for it. Do nothing till you hear from me Pay no attention to what's said Why people tear the seams of other one's dreams is over my head Do nothing till you hear from me And please consider our romance If you believe the words of others you've I haven't a chance True, I've been seen With someone new But does that mean That I've been untrue When we're apart The words in my heart 
reveal how I feel about you. Some kiss may haunt my memory. And other arms may hold a thrill. But please do nothing till you hear it from me. My version of Do Nothing Till You Hear From Me, from my CD, I Love Being Here With You. I'm on vocal with Harry Allen on sax, Mike Renzi piano, and Jane Lenhart on bass. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. My guest, saxophonist Grant Stewart, talked about Tony Bennett, one of his favorite singers. I saw him a couple of years ago. I was up visiting my folks in Toronto, and... And uh, Lee Musiker got us tickets to the show, and uh, he was just unbelievable. Just a powerhouse, just so swinging. What is it that makes Tony so special? I mean, I, for me, it's just the, the 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 texture of his voice. He's got a, you know, personally, I I I, uh, I love his. I think he has a big sound. I mean, especially in his, you know, his his mid recordings. There are a lot of them, like with, with the Bill Evans stuff. I love those records. And, uh, you know, it's just a taste thing, too. It's what he doesn't do as much as what he does do. And, uh, and his selection of tunes a lot of the time. I, love, you know, I record, I've recorded, uh, what did I do in my last record? I did uh, Maybe September, you know, which is a song I love, you know, inspired by him. There's a bunch, you know, Make Someone Happy. You know, there's a bunch of songs I've heard him sing that I've been inspired to play after hearing him sing, you know. Something I love about your playing, which actually... Reminds me of Tony now that I'm thinking, or maybe he reminds me of you, is the beautiful emotional connection you have because to to the music and your sound is so lovely to me. Even when you're playing a lot of notes, if you do a a line that's got a lot, a lot of saxophone players, to my ear, will play that very loudly. That's their their show off part. <laughs> For, that's that's a technical phrase, people. <laughs> Their show off so part. Yes. Part <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm trying to uh, make this exclusively for musicians. You get soft on that. It's very subtle. I've noticed that with a number of things that you've recorded. It's really wonderful. Mm. You do it as a. It's more understated, but it's still all there, and it's it's. Yeah, I can technically do this, but I'm it's the idea. I'm not expressing it well, but you know what I'm saying? It's really beautiful and it's something I noticed right away huh. on listening to your playing. It's probably something you've never even now thought about. You've made me completely paranoid. <laughs> um, See, that's that's the danger. Now yeah. you're gonna think about <laughs> it and you're gonna, gonna be screaming those it. notes out. No. <laughs> I you know, that's you know, I hear Sonny Stitt do that a lot. I kinda get that from Sonny Stitt, I think. But uh yeah, I have had that brought up before. Engineers hate it. They're like you're changing because they don't like they don't like dynamics. They don't like dynamics. Like, I know. God forbid someone even. have dynamics. Yeah. No, it's beautiful to me. <clears throat> it to me it reminds me of vocalists who end notes beautifully, mm. which is really hard. Yeah. It's something I'm thinking about more. I always mm. noticed, but you can attack a note or you can come in, but that breath control that it takes sure. to end 
a phrase, a note really beautifully. And it reminded me of that because it's it's a dreamy quality that that you get that I just think no, is thanks. beautiful. Grant Stewart on I'll Never Be the Same. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I love the recording that you brought of Elise Regina. 
Yeah, isn't that a nice, a nice I version haven't heard of that it. Song? Talk about it. It's beautiful. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. Me too. Yeah. I don't know what it is about that song, but I mean, Joe Beam, you know, Joe Beam writes incredible. <laughs> Great songs. But uh, that song, for some reason, really you know, touched something in me. I've, 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 you know, over the years listened to several different versions of it, but uh, that is a, that's one of my favorite versions. Elise Regina on Song of the Sabia. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Our show is made possible in part with generous support from Steinway & Sons and from East Hampton Indoor Tennis, eight indoor and 20 outdoor courts in a quiet, beautiful park-like setting. Visit ehit.ws for more information. And from Jazz Times Magazine, providing entertaining and provocative coverage of the jazz scene since 1970. 
on the web at jazztimes.com. For a schedule of upcoming programs, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can download podcasts of Jazz Inspired free on iTunes and email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter at Stride Queen. To find out more about my CDs and where I'm touring and to sign up for our email newsletter, visit judycarmichael.com. My guest is saxophonist Grant Stewart. Talk about John Coltrane. I love Train. I grew up listening to Coltrane. Um, you know, for me, my my, you know, I I I don't listen that much to the later Train, but the middle Train, I really, uh, I really, I really dig his his, his middle stuff, especially. And uh, you know, people usually focus on his, uh, you know, advanced harmony, etc. But for me, the thing that grabbed me with him was his melodic sense. You know, he has almost this, this operatic, melodic uh, style that I that I always loved. You know, especially when I was when I was younger, I was I really like uh, his album Lush Life. Actually, that's another trio. Half of it's trio with Earl May on the the late Earl May uh, on bass, and uh, I guess everyone on that album is late now. <laughs> it's a very old album, but yeah, that's that's the one the one part of Coltrane that I that I think. For me, is is more important than any of his harmonic, uh, you know. And also, I also love. I'm 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 a searcher, you know. I I always love that feeling with Train. Like he's he's not playing what he knows. He's kind of note. To, I'm I'm a note to note player, which has its ups and you know pros and cons. But <laughs> I you know it's like when I'm talking to somebody, I don't, I don't like to give prefabricated sentences or you know. Although it's probably better to speak in sound bites. <laughs> As I will see when this comes out, but uh, I'm a no, note-to-note player. No, but I know player. what you mean. You want to constantly be exploring yeah, and I mean, take risks. Yeah, I take risks. I mean, calculated risks. But uh, yeah, and I, I love that about Coltrane too. jazz musician and you're not constantly pushing I mean they could say that about any artist or I think life I always think all of this is a metaphor for life Mm -hmm. but 
If you're a jazz musician and you're not pushing yourself, I think, well, not only is it less enjoyable for you, but I think on some level the audience knows as well. Don't you? I don't know. I used to think so. I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, know. I'm, I'm sure that you, you need that. For me, I need to. I need to. Uh, I need to push ahead. I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's funny because I, I saw Sonny Rollins interviewed. He did like a, this is, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. He did like a, a, a talk somewhere downtown. And I went to see it and he was interviewed and they had a question period afterwards. And I asked him uh, something along the lines of like, you know, how how much are you are you, you know, pushing to play, you know, what you don't know. And he said... He always plays within a certain uh, – he has kind of like parameters that he keeps it within that he – you know, so he's not playing completely what he doesn't know, but he's almost at the limit because when you start to play, you know, push yourself beyond what you do know, you are – you know, you need to kind of uh, – you don't need to completely re, uh, be completely creative every time, but to kind of uh, push it up towards the limit. I think was was the, what I got from his answer that he gave. I can't. I'm, I'm like very loosely paraphrasing here, but it was kind of to the effect that you need to play what you know. Yeah, I remember hearing a, uh, a Louis Armstrong quote that he always he said that he always had a, a solo memorized. Oh, now that's song. interesting. So you'd always have something good to play. Wow, that's from Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Oh, now interesting. I could just memorize a bunch of Louis Armstrong songs. Well, you could do that. So I'd always That's have something good to play. of things that influenced oh, you. That Did you remember just... that you told me that? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to give a, uh, a talk on, on philosophy about... and Russian literature. Uh, I think but, it's great. I, no, I think... Th- th- you know, there are things that, things that impacted my life. Mm-hmm. You know, you said t- you wanted to talk about, you know, people or books or, or things that, uh, you know, impacted my life. There's a great... Uh, there's a great book by him. I believe it was the last thing he wrote called The, the Wisdom of Life, or The Wisdom of Humankind. Mm. And it's basically just him, you know, he kind of throws the subject up there and then just talks about it. Oh, And he wonderful. takes all, like, the major, you know, topics of life and talks about them. And it's really it's a great book. You can it's, it's out there. You can find it. Oh, I have to but, get that. But that I love book that. Really, uh, that really changed my life, you know, reading that book. In what way? I love that. Uh, in what way? I mean, well, I mean, in a, yeah, I mean, it, give it's, me, it's, give it's, me the two-minute version. <laughs> I, I, I just suggest reading it. It's, he's, you know, he's not only a great artist, great writer, but a great, you know, philosopher as well. Mm. I think it's it's great to talk about those things, the other parts that inspire you, because I think a lot of people think of well, music is such a mystery to to us, but especially to non musicians, and. 
I know there's lots of other things that inspire me. I asked John Bunch when I first came to New York, the first time I heard him, what he, I was so excited about meeting John Bunch, and I was, what do you owe it all to? What is your big inspiration? He said, tennis. Wow. Which I loved. <laughs> yeah. And for him, it was a way to, to relax, to think about something else. I play tennis, so it really oh, means yeah, something right, to right. me because it was, it's a way that I focus, uh, practice breathing. It's, it's a different thing. We right, get right, inspiration, right. and I think it takes us out of some of this obsession that we have to have mm -hmm. with music right. because it's what we're doing. It's yeah. our life. It's our work. When do we escape? Mm -hmm. So it's sure. kind of nice with talking about literature and things like that, yeah. which I think is great. Yeah, yeah. Wh who was the first person? Your dad turned you on to music, right? Yeah. That's how you got yeah, into it. Father. Talk about that because always, I'm always fascinated with that first inspiration. And also if it's a parent, I find it very interesting mm -hmm. because a lot of parents encourage their kids to listen to a kind of music and then the kids hate it and they're mm -hmm. not open to it. Right. And then there's people like you that their parents say, this is great. And you say, yeah, I'm into it. So what did your dad right. do right? Well, what I tell all my friends that have kids that, you know, sign them up for music lessons and my parents made me practice. <laughs> that's like, that's what they did right. They didn't let me I mean, because I, you know, I was a kid. I was, I was into it. My, my father, you know, my father's a, a great guy, and, and he's a, a retired English teacher. He was a high school English teacher, and a professional guitarist, and uh, you know, part-time guitarist and pianist, and plays trumpet and everything. But uh, he, you know, he, I wanted to play drums, and thank God he didn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> why? I, like, why now? Say I don't, it. I don't really know uh, why did why I mean, my, why, why thank God? I, yeah, why thank God? Because I watch my brother carrying around his drums, and I'm just like, thank God, I don't have to do that. I just love it. Horn. Everybody thinks it's it's artistic choices. I love things like this. You think <clears> of that, and also, and also, you earlier saying that you developed this trio because there weren't pianos. People always right, ask right, me right. about why I don't use a bass player. Right. I started out playing stride because I liked it, but I started giving that up. And then I saw what a hassle it was to carry a bass player with me. Right. And I really developed the stride. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I mean, necessity. In necessity. But continue. Yeah. So they made you practice. Yeah. So they, I mean, I, I wanted to play drums. And I, I'd actually called the music store and set up lessons when I was, oh, I guess I was 10. Yeah, I guess it was, I started when I was 10. Um, and they, uh, they were like, you, would, you did what? No, and they called the music store and I canceled the license. It's like, really? He, he wanted me to play saxophone. And why sax? Why? I think he had always wanted to play saxophone. Ah, uh, you know, he played he played some clarinet. He was a good, really good trumpet player, but a, a really good guitar and piano player too. Um, so he started me with a guy in in Toronto uh, named Pete Schofield. He was a great, great, uh, just all around woodwind player and you know, just a musician, great musician. And a great teacher. So he started me with him. And, you know, I, I, I liked it. I was 10, 11. And, uh, but it was, you know, you're a kid. And you want to go out and, you know, they used to sit with me and go through. My, my dad would sit down with me and go over my lesson every day for half an hour, you know. Would he really? Yeah. That's and so I, I'd fantastic, want to go out and, 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 you know, do 10, 11-year-old kid stuff. Right. They, you know, for half an hour you could do it. It's not a big deal. But it's a big deal that he sat down and, and did it with me and made me stick with it. He, and, you know, all the, you know, screaming and fighting and stuff not to do it. But they really, and until I was, you know, 12, 13, there was a point where I wanted to play electric guitar. I wanted to 
play like Eddie Van Halen. Of course. I remember playing my dad, uh, you know, some Van Halen being, dad, check this out. This is really, and he's like, yeah, that's great. So why don't I just quit saxophone lessons and you can give me guitar lessons, save the money. He's like, I'll give you guitar lessons, but you're not quitting saxophone lessons. <laughs> I love your dad. Yeah. So he made me, stand. and of course, when I was 13, I'd, 14, I'd, I really got into it. I took a lesson with Pat LaBarbera and just got really into it. But he was, you know, he was great. I was a, such a great music player around the house, Louis Jordan. That's Fats a big Waller. thing, too. He's playing the music. Oh, See, man, I yeah. think that's significant. Yeah, and he was always just around playing the piano. He was always sitting around playing tunes on the piano. Playing great tunes, great taste, and, and, and he still does to this day. So and don't of, you think seeing the enjoyment, I think that's important too. Sure. I think that you saw Absolutely. that this wasn't just a lesson. A lot of people talk to me about that. They'll say, how do I make my kid practice? I said, that's not the right question. Yeah. How do you get them excited about music? Sure. That's the right question. Sure. Then the practice. Yeah. But, but there if is they don't a certain see amount, it as yeah. fun. It's not, I mean, it wasn't always fun. That's you know, what I mean. Yeah, so there so has you, to be. You do have to be inspired. Yeah, yeah. Up to a certain, you have to keep pushing them up to a certain point. You yeah. Know, hopefully, take off on the yeah. wrong. Yeah. But he was playing. Talk about Louis Jordan. I love Louis Jordan. Oh yeah. I just remember you used to have Louis Jordan, Fats Waller playing around the house. You know, I love Louis Jordan. So much fun. Yeah. So much yeah, joy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how could you not like Louis Jordan yeah. or Fats Waller? I mean, the original Prozac. Right there. <laughs> you put on fats. Well, if you have, you know, cure for cure for depression was found many years ago. I love that the original Prozac, Fats it's Waller. It's amazing. You just put it on. You can't be unhappy and listen to Fats Waller. Ha <laughs> ha! 
I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I'm talking with saxophonist Grant Stewart. As someone who came to New York from another country, talk about that, what New York gives you, how it inspires you or keeps you sharp, or does it? What's it like being in New York? I mean, I, I love New York. I've, you know, lived here for a long time, and I, I still, every time I go away, I'm happy to come back. You know, I love the, I love the energy of the city, you know. I really, I really do. I, and and it, it does, it does feed me. Um, the, you know, the one thing about New York is that it's, it's the, you know, it's the best people from all over the world coming here, paying exorbitant rents. Talk know, about coming the to, herd. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you're here, it's because you want it, you know, and that makes a difference, you know. I think I, it does I, too. It makes a huge difference, and you can feel it, in, you know, in the way people play. And uh, in the and, way people play, so expand on that. Well, there's just an energy, mm. you know. People, people want it, mm. you know, mm-hmm. because there's lots of other places you could live in a much bigger apartment for much less money, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and here, you really have to be here for the music. Stewart from his CD trio on This Is New. Thank you. 
Talk about Art of the Fugue. You brought the that for me. Fugue. So beautiful. Fuck, it is beautiful. Talk about this and how this has inspired you. Um, I mean, I've always listened to to Bach. I've always listened to quite a bit of classical music. But uh, how has it inspired me? Uh, well, even if it's just It's there. beautiful. I mean, when and, and, you know, if you start to study fugues, you start to see, you know, I mean, it's beautiful just to listen to, but when, you know, this last few years I've, I've kind of gotten into it a little more and, and kind of uh, investigated fugue writing, mm. uh, you know, just uh, on the side. And uh, once you start to see what's actually happening, in it, it's it's uh, really freakishly amazing. He's, he's, uh, there was only one of him, amazing, amazing uh, artist, musician. Describe it a bit, what you're talking about, to non-musicians, if you can. Uh, he's basically musically building cathedrals. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. You know, nothing, nothing is there by chance. Nothing is there just because it's convenient. You know, there's a lot of thought, deep, <laughs> deep, deep thought that goes in. I just, you know. It's like I, chess to me. It knows what every move is making. Yeah, can he's, think way he's far like ahead playing and, chess on five different levels at the same time.
I know you meditate. Talk about that. And does it help you with your playing and all of that? Um, I think it helps me with my playing. <laughs> it may, I mean, I, I, kinda, I got into it kind of because uh, I, I, I found that uh, at times when playing, I would be very focused and calm and could play kind of beyond my means. And then other times I would, my mind would not be calm and I seemingly wouldn't be able to play anything right, you know. So uh, that kind of got me interested in how the mind worked. And that kind of led me into meditation. You know, over the last, you know, I'm not a master meditator, you know, but I, I you know, it, it, it has helped me. And it helps me in general just with my, you know, level of contentment, you mm. know. Um, it's really, I mean, it's just really interesting stuff to me when you start to look at how, how the mind works and what's actually happening as opposed to what we think is happening. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that. I think that that especially with what we do for a living, it's challenging just creatively, even if we were paid appropriately, mm -hmm. which we're usually not. Right. It's we're And what I mean by appropriately is we're not paid a wage that allows us to not think about how hard it is mm. to pay our bills. Right. So if that's on our mind, that's something we've got to not think about so we can be open to pursuing our creativity. Sure. Which takes exactly. a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah. So I would think that would be very helpful. Yeah. And do you that, do yeah. it at the same time every day? Is this something you draw on? How do you, um, how I try and do it in the morning. You? Generally, in the morning. if I don't do it when I, right when I get up, it's not happening. Oh, that's you interesting. Yeah. Unless I do. Sometimes I go to a... You know, over the years, I've, 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 I got a little more into it, and I go to a, uh, a great uh, meditation center over on 24th Street, the uh, Kadampa Meditation Center. Um, and so you do, do you do that every morning? I don't go there every morning. Oh, that's they, what they, I mean. They have yeah. classes every Monday and Thursday. But mm -hmm. the, the great, there's a great, uh, just a great speaker. His name's Kadam Morton. Mm -hmm. He's a, just a Kadampa Buddhist uh, teacher mm -hmm. gives dharma talks there every monday uh, mondays and thursdays mm -hmm. and it's just great you know applicable uh advice you know for, mm -hmm. for living you know um so yeah that's that's what i've been up to no i, mean, I like it i think yeah it's... I'm, you know, like we were talking earlier it's kind mm -hmm. of a um, something that i don't talk about too much you know? but well but i, I but think it's... it's it's very personal but at the same time i think anything that helps people know how a creative person lives their life. Sure. One, of the, one of the things I think yeah. is great that I've been thinking about a lot lately for some reason is people often say that they envy my piano playing, which I'm sure they say the same thing to you in terms of your music. And what I think is a great part of what we do is living a creative life, which anyone can do. Mm -hmm. They can't suddenly play like Grant Stewart. Right. But they can pursue creativity. They can pursue a thought process that calms them and brings them back to a place of creativity right. and creating something. That's just a beautiful way to get out of yourself because that's usually like how you put it so well that you said what's really happening as opposed to what we think is happening. Right. I find when that happens to me <laughs> that if I can get out of myself, and think about right. creating something that it helps me, if sure. that makes sense. I mean, even just if, you know, the the uh, 
act of observing yourself mm -hmm. takes you out of the moment of the thought. <laughs> you know, if you're angry and you start and you think, gee, Grant's angry. Look at Grant being angry. Uh, you're suddenly not swept away in the, as much in the, in the kind of whirlpool of, of anger or whatever it is. So it's just interesting to watch, you know, watch the mind work. And with performing too, it's just, you know, it's, uh, you know, you're playing, you're playing in front of people, you're playing with people. You're, there's, you know, many artists don't want to admit it, but there is like the, the thought of like, what does, you know, so-and-so think, do I sound good? Do I sound bad? Am I being impressive? <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it All goes, of that it goes, going on. you know, and I play best when I'm, when I'm not thinking on that level. You Don't know? you think and everybody does? Sure. And it's that, it's that, it's that thing of like, when you kind of unlock, uh, you know, bypass the ego, you can do things that you can't do when the ego's engaged, you know, I've found. I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thought. And I'm so glad that we got to do this, that we could take this time. So am I. Thanks that a lot I for finally met me. you yeah. Yeah. after all this at, at the Harry Allen wedding dinner. That's right. It's very exciting. That was a very select group. It was. It was. The creme de la creme of. <laughs> it was great. And this was wonderful. Thank you so yeah. much. Thanks a lot, Judy. You've been listening to saxophonist Grant Stewart. I hope you'll join me here next time when I talk with another creative person about how jazz has inspired their life and work. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineer is Curtis Heidolf. You can download podcasts of Jazz Inspired from iTunes or at TalkShoe.com. Our opening music was Airmail Special, and the mid-break music is a smooth one from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love from my CD Trio. I'm on piano with my Cashamon sax and Chris Laurie on guitar. For a schedule of upcoming programs, to sign up for our email newsletter, or to find out how you can personally support Jazz Inspired, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter. Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is made possible with generous support from our listeners and Steinway & Sons and Sag Harbor Florist. Visit sagharborflorist.net. Additional support is provided by the American Hotel in Sag Harbor, New York. Learn more at theamericanhotel.com. Special thanks to Henry and Gilda Block and the Ken Colker Foundation and to our webmaster, Megan Lewis, and to Jamie Roach for additional production assistance.